Hello, it's Gabby here for you. Before we jump onto this week's podcast, I just want to let you know about two ways that you can work with me. First of all, I do one-to-one coaching and I do that via Zoom so we can jump on a Zoom call at a time to suit you. The second thing I've got for you is an online coaching course that's 12 modules that you can download straight away now. There will be a link somewhere around these podcast notes. And this is the course that I've designed and it's got everything in it that I wish I'd have known when I finished cancer treatment and I was lost. So you can download that course now and you can start working towards making this your happiest and healthiest year ever. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello there, it's Gabby here from Confidence After Cancer and I hope this finds you well. This week I have a very special guest on my podcast, a lovely lady called Fiona Schultz, who is going to talk to us about her work and about the story that's led her to the career that she's got now. She is a medical and cosmetic tattooist. And she specialises in helping women like herself who've been through a breast cancer diagnosis. Fiona's going to tell us about her story and the twists and turns along the way that have ended up with her doing the work that she does. What I love about Fiona is her generosity of spirit. She really wants to give back to other people that may be struggling with a cancer diagnosis and she can help them in a really practical way with the work that she does. And she's so passionate about what she does. It's an absolute joy to speak to her. As if she's not busy enough, she's set up an online support group, the Booby Brunch, and you can find that group on Facebook. It's a lovely, uplifting, positive group. And if you are local to Fiona, you can actually get yourself along to meet her in person and meet her group and get some support. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. It's been an absolute joy to speak to Fiona. So let's go and meet her. Fiona's had quite a journey and I'd love for Fiona to tell us more about her story in her own words. I know that her story includes being an 18-year breast cancer survivor. You've also been through IVF treatment, which I didn't realise until you just told me just now meant that you've been through menopause twice. So lucky you. You win. (laughs) Fabulous. (laughs) And Fiona's also got a group that she set up and we're going to talk about her group, her support group, because I think that is a really nice resource for people who might be interested mm-hmm. in that. And then we're going to finish up by just saying how people can get in touch with Fiona if you want to know more about the work that she's doing or about joining her group. So welcome, Fiona. It's lovely to see you. Thank you, Gabby, for having me and inviting me on. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, me too. I think it's going to be a really interesting chat. So as I say, I'd like you to start really by just telling us about your story, you know, how have you ended up doing the work that you do? And, you know, probably like me, it's not maybe gone in a straight line. Maybe your story's got some twists and turns. Yeah, a few twists and turns along the way. <laughs> OK, so I worked in finance for 25 years. So hopping from different insurance company and finance company to another one, just contracting with them to sort them out from messes and upset clients and stuff like that. In the middle of all that, in 2005, I had my breast cancer diagnosis, which itself wasn't even straightforward uh, because I was 31 and my doctor said to me that she thought I was going through an early menopause. 
So off I went to fertility clinics and all that sort of stuff. So I just took my camera out. So I went for all the tests and then she rang me back and she said, I'm really sorry, I misread your blood results. I think you've got breast cancer. So I was like, ah, oh, okay. So yeah, on my 32nd birthday, I had my first chemotherapy. <laughs> so, uh, which Happy was, birthday, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I think I said to you the other day, actually, my, my treatment was a little bit different because I had boop cover that I'd kept from when I was employed. Yeah, I took that with me when I was contracting. So I had all my treatment at home, which was really weird in a way. So mm. I think it was a Monday I used to get home from work and my nurse would be there and take my blood. So on a Tuesday, I'd have my chemo. On a Wednesday, she'd give me a bone marrow injection. And then I'd be going backwards and forwards to work in the meantime. So that was with Herceptin and stuff after surgery and everything like that. That was a good two years downtime. Mm. So downtime. I did work all the way through it because <laughs> my partner had two you were trying to support but I'd always wanted to do something to give back I don't know how how you were with your chemotherapy but I lost my eyebrows my eyelashes my fingernails yeah. toenails, the lot so I like to go through it all <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I'd never really I don't even really wear makeup so just go and have to have nails and things like that but it made such a difference the company I was working with at the time they because they went on the journey with me I wasn't that worried but then my contract ended and I had to go for interviews. And oh. yeah, I look like a baby mouse, so I, I had no facial features. So that sort of started me thinking right back then. And I went up to Wimbledon, I think it was, and paid an extortionate amount, like £800, I think it was, 17 years ago, to get eyebrows, which I've still got on under my pencil today. I can't get them off now. <laughs> they were there to stay. And I, and I just carried on in finance just donating and having fundraisers and stuff like that. Then myself and my husband decided we wanted to have a baby and it took a lot of IVF treatments to have that done because the treatment had wrecked my chances. So, yeah, I, on number seven, I decided that I was going to give up work and see if that would make a difference. Thankfully, it did. She's nearly eight now, driving me crazy. Oh, yeah, what's the daughter called? Mireya. Oh, lovely. What a lovely yeah. name. Yeah, so basically it means miracle in Spanish. And we went to mm -hmm. Spain to have the treatment. So, yeah. Ah, okay. She's not fully aware of all of it yet, so we need to tell her at some point. But, uh, yeah, so she's Maria, which she hates being called because no one can ever say it. Oh, bless her. <laughs> it was really easy, like Freya, but with a me at the front. It's Maria. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I had her and I was off work and I didn't want to go back to working in an office. I'd waited mm -hmm. till I was 43 to have a child, so I wanted to be... Yeah. at home with her spend all my time with her that I could and we were going to get married so I thought I need to have some eyebrows I can't go down the aisle with no eyebrows and I went to a lovely lady I found in Maidstone um, and she had a little cabin like where I'm sitting now and a little okay. sign on the wall that said are you looking to change careers that was my light bulb moment um, um. Then. so I thought yes that's what I want to do so I trained to do microblading, which I don't do at all now. <laughs> Very at all. But with the ultimate goal of being able to complete women after mastectomy and reconstruction. So I can put their brows on for them before they go for their chemo or during or after and then complete them at the end of their journey. I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Training, I mean, it's been five years that I've been doing it and training. It's been quite expensive. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be rich because I, I donate a lot of my time as well. As I'm finding out with other people, like my clients that come in, if they're self-employed, they don't get any help. So it's probably yeah, one of the most financially crippling times of, of life. 
having breast cancer or any cancer. Yeah, it is. And uh, people don't realise that, you know, you've got so many worries, you know, are you going to live or die? How are you going to cope with the treatment? And then you've got financial pressures as well. So I donate my time to those ladies. Yeah, my husband gets a bit upset about it. But I'm like, no, they need that to give them the confidence to go out and be themselves again, to be normal. So I do a lot of of donating time. And I don't think I mentioned to you before, but a friend of mine has set up a a CIC. So not a charity, but it's actually a company. And we're going to be looking at ways of raising funds and being able to give grants to ladies that are going through cancer treatment or some other hard time in their their life if they're self-employed and got no income. Just to pay more or or have something done like Ariola or eyebrows or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I love that. Yeah, and I just talking, thinking about my story as well. It's a long time ago now, but in 2008, when I just finished my treatment, and I was mm-hmm. like you, I worked through my treatment. And I remember going for an interview just after my chemo had finished, but before my mastectomy. And I had my wig on, the suit, and I thought I looked okay, but I had no eyelashes. Yeah. <laughs> and I draw my, my, draw my eyebrows on, but you can't fake eyelashes. And I can no. see lady that interviewed me looking at me and she didn't want to ask and I didn't want to say yeah. but she asked me when I joined she gave me the job and I joined the company and she did say have you been ill well actually yeah, <laughs> I I <laughs> yeah. but it's hard because you have, it would put people some people off from employing yeah. you and yeah it, but the eyebrows going back to the eyebrows I couldn't believe when I finished my chemotherapy and you know I was really bloated from steroids I had a mm-hmm. massive moon phases I thought no eyebrows no eyelashes and it's so upsetting to look at yourself in the mirror like that it's a constant reminder that you know this is taking over your life now as if you need a a reminder but but eyebrows I mean I've kept them up now I've I've been topped up every now and again Mm -hmm. such a difference it really does Mm -hmm. to your face and it's different for some people are not bothered but I know you also do the nipple reconstruction is it the tattooing for that as well Mm -hmm. so yeah. Tell us about that. I'm really interested in that. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. I did training some time ago, five years ago, when I first started doing the eyebrows. <clears throat> but it was too soon for me. I think I tried to run before I could walk. And the course I went on wasn't fantastic. So I took my time and I've looked about and I found the absolutely most amazing woman, Vicky Martin. People listening may know of her because she's quite well known in the Ariola world as well. I saw her on tattoo fixes initially because she had Ariola all up her legs where she practices on herself. She's a nightmare. She's covered in all sorts of tattoos. <laughs> she practices on herself all the time. But I get it because doing it on skin is the only way you know if a, if a method yeah. works and, and how yeah. it is. So, yeah, so I found her a couple of years ago and last June I completed my training for the Ariola. And I train other students with her as well now. It's just amazing. And the, the technique that she uses just lasts. The ink stays there. So you don't have to keep going for top-ups, yeah. which is the main thing. You, you just want to forget about it, don't you? You just want to be done and gone. You do. We've talked about this before, about, you know, reconstruction is such a personal mm. thing for different people. There's different methods, different ways of doing it. And for like, I was talking to my friend the other day about she's had 10 years of being on chemo. And she's at the end of it now. And it's like, you're going to get a reconstruction. And she's like, oh, it'd just be vanity. But I thought, it's not just vanity. It's part of being a woman. It's a part of who you are. I'll tell you my strap line. I've got it in here. It's not vanity. It's normality. Ah. Yeah, when I had my eyebrows done, a lot of people said to me, oh, that's a lot of money. That's a bit vain, isn't it? I'm like, but is it? You get up and look in the mirror and you look like you did yesterday. I'm not me anymore. Why is that vanity? 
just want yeah. to feel normal. And you've been yeah. through so much, like your friends, you've been through 10 years of treatment, and it's mm. grueling, isn't it? You lose yourself. Oh, yeah. It's normality. Tell her that. It's normality, not vanity. I'll tell her that. See you yeah. tomorrow. I'll tell her that one. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. So going back to the, the nipple tattooing that you do, is that something that's not readily available on the NHS in the UK? You can, you can get it on the NHS. There's quite a waiting list. I know it's really good that they offer it on the NHS, so I won't slate it at all. However, having had ladies come to me that have had it done five, six times on the NHS, yes, yeah, it doesn't yeah. really work. Because it, the people who do it haven't got a passion for it. They're trained to do it because they're senior nurses, generally. Oh, so it's just part of their job. Yeah, yeah they don't have the time to do it. They don't really want to do it. Whereas with me, it's my passion. I want you to be happy with it. I want it to last and be part of you, you know. It's just a very different process for the NHS. And it is a long waiting list. I had a lady come to, as one of our models and um, she'd been waiting eight years, I think. And she kept ringing and ringing and ringing. And oh. sometimes she kept falling off the list. So she'd actually had a vine put across her breast, which was beautiful. So I, tried, I had to get the student to do the areola around the vine. It oh, looked wow. really good, really, really effective. But she said, well, I'll come as a model. I've got this tattoo. I was like, okay. But no, it looked brilliant, absolutely brilliant afterwards. But yeah, it is available in HS, but it's yeah, it's a way. Actually, since I last spoke to you, I've got my Beeper number now. So I'm actually a Beeper recognised provider. Oh, so, I not about that yet. So <laughs> I got it on Friday, I think. She's a recognised provider now. So if I have what private insurance, you can come and they'll pay for it. I've had my first lady. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love the fact you said about before, you know, you can, people can come to you if they're having financial struggles but for yeah. you as well obviously you've got to make a living so that balance of for yeah. me dealing with an insurance company is a lot easier than asking somebody for money if you yeah. know they're going to well, hasn't done it yet. I'll let you know what <laughs> but you will yeah so that yeah my first client has got her number and everything so I now need to find out they've agreed yeah. it all for her so I just need to find out what they want me to do so I can actually get paid um, oh that's great yeah <laughs> yeah, I can tell you're quite determined, aren't you? You're going to uh, keep going with this. I can tell it's your passion. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. But as well as the areola tattooing, I do the skull camouflage as well. So if yeah, you've tell had, us about that. Yeah. yeah, so if you've had, I mean, I can do any white body scar, but for breast surgery, if you've had a, like a diet and you've got quite an expanse of white flesh, then I can blend that colour down to the new areola and then take the white yeah. scar around from, from the actual surgery site. So that makes a big difference because chatting to the models when we have the model days, you know, there's eight or nine ladies there and they've all had different surgeries and different bits and pieces and timelines and stuff. But the most common thing that they say is I can't wear a low cup top because it's white. It catches yeah. people's eyes because it's so white. So, yeah, you just camouflage that out so you can wear a bikini top or a vest top and people won't turn and stare at you because it's white. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. One lady was a golfer and she said, I have to go and get changed in the toilet and I feel really yeah. self-conscious. She said, but people look, they can't help but look because it's so white. I mean, at the moment it's probably all right because everyone's been on holiday and got suntans, so they wouldn't pay much attention. But she'd normally yeah. so nice just to get changed without people looking and staring. So, uh, yeah, it's human nature, isn't it, unfortunately? We can't help it. But... 
it is it is you know going through a mastectomy it's just on so many levels it's not just the surgery which is tough enough as it is it's all the mental the emotion the the you know losing your sense of identity as a woman you know if you've lost the breast what does that mean about you as a woman there's all these mind games that are going on all the time and i can understand some people don't want a reconstruction and that they've had enough and that's fine but for people that do have a reconstruction you know before i had cancer i didn't realize how complicated it was, how complex it was. And actually, no matter what result you get, it's not the same as you were before. No, it's never the same. But, I mean, I had a, a lumpectomy and auxiliary clearance. And then, excuse me, once I'd had my baby, they weren't, like, the same size at all. They were all over the place. So I had an implant on and uh, right. the other side was lifted. They're just, I don't know, they're just not right. I can't wear, you know, you get the tops, which are elastic at the top, and they're lovely, mm -hmm. like some of the best is can't wear them because it just looks ridiculous because one's huge and like sideways on like a rugby ball and the other one's just sort of there so mm -hmm. um you know like so I go and do the model days and uh, the ladies and oh, I really don't like my breasts I'm like actually they're really good because some of the surgeons do a cracking job really yeah good. and then once they get their areola on there off they go uh, you know you go down the beach no one would know any difference it's only you've got really scared to see because we've been talking to the surgeons actually because you do the epimastectomy and the reconstruction and a separate surgery generally to do the nipple but yeah. you don't need it you don't need it because the work and the way we do it is quite 3d anyway i don't know if you've had a look at some of my pictures on my website or on my facebook page or anything but yeah, it, it looks so realistic so we talked to the surgeons and said, could you do the nipple reconstruction after we've tattooed if someone still wants it done? And they're like, well, yeah, okay, we can do that. But no one's gone back. We spend our lives hiding our nipples, don't we, when we're cold? So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> to me, it was a no-brainer. I mean, it's just, when you're saying you just want to be back how you were, so you go into a bit of a panic about, well, I had nipples before, I need nipples. Yeah, give me a nipple reconstruction. But you you don't need it. You don't need it because they don't yeah. often stay as they are either. Well, they can one can be big, one can be small, or they flatten out. So then trying to do the tattoo and over it is quite difficult because it's scar mm. tissue. Of course. So I definitely look at options yeah. for making decisions. Wow, so much to the, your work that you're doing. I can tell. I'm going to put links to your website below yeah. the, the podcast so people can have a look at the work that you do. But yeah. you don't just do this. You've got <laughs> you've got a support group as well, haven't you? Yes. You've not got enough to do. Yeah, go on. Tell us about your support group. So, well, I say I was 18 years ago, and there wasn't anything about. And then before COVID, when I started doing the eyebrows and stuff, I joined a Macmillan group locally to me at the hospital. And I used to go along and talk about how I could help with eyebrows. And I'd just sit at the side and listen to the meeting. And I used to get so much out of being there and listening to the ladies chatting. I was gutted when it closed down for COVID. And nothing's opened back up, really. So I thought, we'd pick your pants on and do it yourself. So, so I've set up the booby brunch. So uh, mm. we're online on Facebook, um, which is quiet at the moment. We only set it up, I think it was April time. But we do meet once a month in a, in a little cafe in Raynham. And every time we seem to have a new person come, there's the regulars that come and then other people flit in and out. But there doesn't seem to be a new person each month, which is nice. That's brilliant. So you're online and you meet in person as well, locally to you. Yeah. I think that's huge. I think there's so much that people can get from a supportive community, from people who understand what it's like. Because for many people, they finish the treatment, 
think friends and family have had enough of this now. They don't understand. They think I'm just yeah. how I was before, but I'm You're not. That's done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're better now. Crack on. Yeah. And it's just yeah. yeah it's it's great that you can, you've got that supportive community. And I love your group as well. I've had a little nosy round inside your oh, group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it is it's great and it is very supportive. It's very uplifting. It's very positive. I've dabbled in quite a few online groups and some of them are quite some people like misery and some people like to share their problems and talk about how yeah. awful life is. And I think. Yeah, did you survive everything that you've been through just to talk about how tough life and I know everyone has tough times, it's no judgment, but when you're supporting other people, you know, we all need a light moment, don't we? Yeah. And a lot of people have made comments actually that have come along to the meetings and said, I just needed this, just to sit and have coffee and cake with people and not even talk about it if I don't want to. Quite often yeah. we talk about the dog or the cat or the weather or you know, it just what's going on or how nice is the cake, you know. So <laughs> you can talk about it if you need to and then we're all there and, and the lady that runs it with me Rachel she's a hypnotist but she does other counselling things mm -hmm. as well she hasn't had breast cancer herself but she's a really good sport to me she's very grounded and she's also a very good listening ear so if anyone needs her she's there for them you know and she puts some of her relaxation sessions in there as well so oh. I don't know if anyone's joined, but I know it goes in there. I was going to say, actually, why not put your link for your podcast in there as well? So people oh, can have a listen. Yeah, so. yeah, and again, there is a lot of stuff out there, but sometimes people just don't know where to find it. So, yeah, it's yeah. great that we're all sharing stuff. And people can pick and choose, and some things are right for you and some things are not, and that's absolutely yeah. fine. We're all, we're all different, as you know. So I'm going to put the links to all other ways to contact you, to your support group below the podcast as well. But if people wanted to get in touch with you, Fiona, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Just drop me a message on Facebook. On Facebook. Or, yeah, from the link. And then, yeah, pop me a message on there. I'll come back to you. Brilliant. So it's Always. such a pleasure to speak to you. I oh, love the work you. that you're doing. It's much, much needed. I hope your business goes from strength to strength. Great news about the Booper thing. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> well so done, you. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Fiona. It's lovely to speak to you and hopefully we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that podcast as much as I enjoyed my conversation with Fiona. What an amazing woman she is from her story of being diagnosed at such a young age, starting chemotherapy just as she was age 32 from her IVF journey, going through medical menopause twice, but she's ended up with her miracle daughter and that's wonderful to hear. I'm also so inspired by Fiona about the way that she is determined now to give back, to help other people who maybe feel lost, who maybe feel after a cancer diagnosis, like you've lost your identity. And I love the fact that Fiona is a bit like me. She'd worked in finance and then after her diagnosis and her treatment ended, she realised that she needed to do something with her life that meant more to her, not just about money, but about the fulfilment that you can get by helping other people. And so Fiona's out there. And if you are feeling lost and lonely and nobody understands you, I'm here for you. Fiona's here for you. Please check out her online group. And if you're local to her in Raynham, where she is, get along to her group as well. The Booby Brunch, you'll be able to find her on Facebook. I'm going to put the links below where you can contact Fiona. But I also, I love what she said about the work that she does. It's not vanity, it's normality. 
and that's what we all want. Sometimes it seems a little bit self-indulgent to be caring for ourselves. And, you know, I'm going to bang on about self-care again because I talk about this a lot. As women particularly, quite often we can put other people first far too often. And if a cancer diagnosis isn't the time <laughs> to put yourself first, I don't know what is. You've been through a lot if you've been through cancer and this is the time now to work and get what support you can to make the rest of your life the best of your life. I really believe that no matter what you've been through, no matter what your poor body's been through, there are people who can help you put yourself back together again. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast from Confidence After Cancer. Please get in touch with me or Fiona if we can help you in any way at all. We're here for you. You're not alone. Take care, my love. Stay safe. Stay safe. Bye-bye.